Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for April 9th, 2020. I'm teaching a series entitled Passion Week, and this is Holy Week or Passion Week. This is the week in between Palm Sunday and Resurrection Sunday or Easter Sunday morning. Tomorrow is Good Friday. Tomorrow is the day that we celebrate the death of Jesus on the cross. On Sunday, we're going to celebrate his resurrection. We thank God that he went to the cross, but the story does not end there. The kids say they hung him high. They stretched him wide. He hung his head. For me, he died. But that's not how the story ends because three days later, he rose again. And so we're going to celebrate the whole story all week. Today, I'm talking about something Jesus said on the cross. He said, seven statements while he was up there on the cross. The sixth statement was, it is finished. This is from John chapter 19 and verse 30. When Jesus had therefore received vinegar, he said, it is finished. He bowed his head and he gave up the ghost. Today, I'm talking about the fact that it is finished. So what does this mean to you today? You're like, okay, well, Rick, you're talking about the fact that Jesus said it is finished. That's fine for him. But what does that mean to me? So I have four things to share with you in this morning, four things. As I share these four things, I want you to open up your heart to talk, to to receive, to think about Jesus and to receive everything that his death means for your life. You got it? Four things. Number one, here we go. Jesus said, it is finished. But what was finished? What is it that he finished? All right. So let me just kind of, in this first point, let's take a moment to look at the story. Let's think about Jesus's life. Jesus was born of a virgin in a manger in Bethlehem. He lived most of his life as what we would consider to be a normal man or normal human, other than the fact that he never sinned. I want you to think about that for a minute. He never sinned, not one time. Jesus never sinned, never. You know how many times we sin throughout the day? He never sinned not once. So this made him the perfect offering. He was spotless. He was blameless. He was the perfect offering for our sin. He was not tainted in any way. At the age of 30, Jesus was baptized by his cousin, John the Baptist. And he then spent about three years or so ministering in Galilee in Judea. When things got heated there with the rulers of the time, he spent a few months ministering in Perea, east of the Jordan, to stay out of the clutches of the Jewish religious leadership of, the, of his time who were trying to you know, have him arrested or have him killed. After raising two people from the dead, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Now, this one was different. When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, then, then his fame spread like wildfire because the other two people were dead, but, but they had just recently died. Lazarus was dead for four days. Rigor mortis had already set in. His body was stinking when Jesus raised him from the dead. So after this miracle, it was clear that the father felt like he had done enough to prepare people to believe in Jesus and to believe in Jesus's own resurrection. Just like Lazarus was raised from the dead, Jesus was going to be raised from the dead as well. So Jesus said, after that miracle, he starts to prepare the disciples and try, tries to tell them, that, hey, I'm going to be ri- uh, raised from the dead. You know, So, so just like this temple, I'm, I'm going to rise again, but they didn't get it. And, and they were not get it until later, right? because oftentimes God tells us things and we just, it goes over our heads and we don't get it until later. And so that's how it was. And, and so just days before the last Passover of his life, Jesus moved back toward Jerusalem. 
to end his earthly ministry. And on the way there, he stopped at Jericho. He healed a man named Blind Bartimaeus. His name was Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus. And while he was there, he also ran into a tax collector named Zacchaeus. From there, he went to Bethany. He stayed with his friends, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, the same guy he raised from the dead. And Jerusalem was astir because the Sanhedrin had already put the word out that they were looking for Jesus, right? So many people thought that Jesus was not going to show up in Jerusalem because the Sanhedrin had already let everyone know that they were on the lookout. There was a bolo, be on the lookout for Jesus. But Jesus did show up and he actually went to Jerusalem every day of what we consider to be Holy Week or Passion Week. So on the Sunday of the last Passover, the Sunday before the last Passover of his life, Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and the people went crazy. They threw their coats down. They threw palm branches down. They cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. This is the day that we consider to be Palm Sunday, last Sunday. And then after that, Jesus went back to Bethany and he was going back and forth between Bethany and Jerusalem every day of that last week. One morning, the next morning, he got up, he takes off, he goes to Jerusalem, he didn't eat breakfast, he runs uh, into a fig tree that he tried, he wanted to eat something, it had a lot of leaves but no figs on it, and he cursed it because it was symbolic of the nation of Israel, and then he goes to Jerusalem, cleans out the money changers from there, goes back. And, 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 and then he goes back again. So this is going back and forth. The next day after he, he cleared out the money changers, the next day would be a tough day for Jesus. He had to kind of outsmart the Pharisees all day long as he was teaching because they were looking for him. And then he had the Passover meal with his disciples. After the Passover meal, he told his disciples that one of them that was right there had betrayed him. He took, he took his inner circle, Peter, James, and John, and they went to Gethsemane to pray. And this is where Jesus had the, the greatest battle he ever had. It was the battle with himself. After several hours, Jesus was ready for the cross. He said, not my will, thy will be done. Judas came, betrayed him with a kiss. The remainder of that night, I've already told you the story. That night, he went through, Jesus went through six illegal trials. He went through three trials before the Sanhedrin and three trial, trials be, before the Roman tribunals. And so he went through six trials in the middle of the night and without any real charges, without any witnesses, without an opportunity, nor time to prepare a defense. They found him guilty. I mean, that's crazy. They condemned the only innocent man to ever live. And then when they put him on the cross at 9 a.m., they sat him up there on the cross and he sat there for three hours. And then from noon to 3 p.m., the sun refused to shine because the son of God was shining. It was dark from noon to three. And then at 3 p.m., after being up there all those hours, Jesus said, it is finished. That's the story. Now, what does this mean? Let me give you some more points. Number two, the debt of your sin has been paid. When he said it is finished, he was saying the debt is paid. The three English words, it is finished, is actually actually just one Greek word. The Greek word is tetelestii. That word is found on old Greek tax receipts, and it literally means paid in full. That's it. Once and for all, 
Jesus paid the price for your sin, for my sin. Our sin has been paid in full. There's a stamp on it. Our sin has been paid for. Your debt is paid. It's been paid in full. You are now free from the power of sin. You are free from the fear of death. Sin and death are no longer ruling over you because of Adam. You are in Christ and Christ is in you and your debt has been paid in full. I don't know about you, but that's good news. Number three, eternal life is available because of Jesus. You were born with a death sentence. Look at me real quick. I want you to understand this. You and I, when we were born, we were born with a death sentence. You were born, I was born disconnected from God. We were born with reservations to hell. This had nothing to do with what I did, nothing to do with what you did. This has everything to do with what Adam did, right? And so you were not a sinner because you sinned. You sinned because you were a sinner. You were born with the inheritance of sin and death. You were born with the nature of Adam. You were born with the nature of sin. You were a sinner because it was your nature, because you were born that way, because you inherited it from Adam. You were born that way. And the only way, so it has nothing to do with your performance. Your performance can never get you out of that situation because it happened before you could ever perform. It happened before you were ever born. You were born that way. So the only way to get out of that situation is to be born again. Jesus came to give you an opportunity to be born again. Jesus came to get you out of everything that Adam got you into. That's what Jesus was saying when he said, it is finished. All of that, everything that going all the way back to the garden of Eden, going all the way back to Adam, it is finished. Everything is done. Number four. And finally, God has done his part. Here's the point. When Adam sinned, he died. He didn't die physically. He died spiritually. The moment that Adam ate, the Bible says that his eyes were opened and Eve's eyes were opened and they realized that they were naked and they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves. Why did their eyes get open? Why did they realize only at that moment that they were naked? Because at that moment, the Holy Spirit was removed and then they had to live their lives as mere men. Before that, they were led of the Holy Spirit in all things. They had a connection to the Father, spirit to spirit. They were getting insight, wisdom, revelation, knowledge, and understanding from above. They were connected. They were spiritual. They were not carnal. They were not living as mere men. But once the Holy Spirit was removed, they had to live their lives as mere men. Now, God was not caught off guard. God already had an answer. That answer was a person. That person is Jesus. Now, there was a span of time between Adam and Jesus. And in the Old Testament, we see a bunch of rites and rituals and routines and, and all of this stuff. But none of that could ever get you out of the clutches of sin and death. Jesus was and still is our only hope. When Jesus said it is finished, Jesus was saying the journey is over. The mission is complete. The debt is paid in full. Humanity now has salvation from sin and the deliverance from the fear of death. It is finished. Jesus's part is done. God's part is done. Now, my question is, is your part done? Our part is to accept the gift of eternal life in his son, Jesus. God said it is finished, but is your part finished? For you, it may not be. Maybe you haven't accepted Jesus as Lord. I pray that you do it now. But even if you have, even if you are born again, now 
once you're born again, the Holy Spirit himself comes into your life. He comes and he occupies your body. He will live inside of you. And what he does inside of you is he begins to reveal to you the plans that God made for you, but the things that were concealed from you. These are things that he's revealing to you. He's revealing to you the things that God had planned for you from the foundations of the world. And these things were concealed from you. But now that you have it, now that you're born again, now that the Holy Spirit is revealing the things that he prepared for you from the foundations of the world, your job is to either, watch this, here we go, either believe and receive and pursue those things by faith or to say, well, I'm going to do my own thing. And then at that point, you are living your life as a mere man. You can be born again and still be carnal. You can be born again and still be disobedient. You can be born again and not listen to the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't it be a shame to know that you had the Holy Spirit, that you were born again, that the grace of God was on you to accomplish your divine assignment in life, but you chose to be selfish and you chose to be to be hard-headed and stiff-necked and you spent the whole you spent your entire life becoming someone you were never supposed to be. Wouldn't it be a shame to get to heaven and to realize that you spent your life Focus on something you were not supposed to be focused on. Jesus did everything he was supposed to do. When you think about what he did, it is finished. When you think about how he left heaven, when he said it is finished, I want you to think about this. He left heaven just to make a way for you to get there, right? He lived his life as a mere human so that he could identify with your humanity. And then he paid a price that you could not pay for a debt that he did not owe. He did all of that for you. His part is finished. But will you be able to say the same? Will you be able to get to the end of your life and say it is finished? I don't know about you, but look, for me, Rick Pina, I can tell you that I live my life. That's why people ask me, how is it that you are able to do this and that? And it seems like you got, you and Isabella have all these things going on. Listen, I don't know about you. I'm determined. Isabella's determined. We are determined to get to the end of our lives. I'm to determined to get to the God's overall destination for our lives and to be able to say it is finished. That's my only concern. That's my singular focus. I'm not concerned about dying. I've done all the dying I'm going to do. I'm dead in Christ. That's it. I have no fear of death. I'm not concerned about dying. Fear has no power over me. Sin is not my issue. That's not, listen, my only focus, my singular concern is to get to the end of my life and to be able to say it is finished, to be able to look at God and say, I did what you called me to do. That's it. I want to run my race at my pace by God's grace. That's it. I want to be able to say it is finished. So listen, as I close, God's part is done. His grace for your life has been offered. It's now upon you to accept his son, to embrace his grace, and to finish your course before you die. His part is done. It's finished. Will you be able to say, it is finished. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, I will never cease to give you praise for what Jesus did for me. Jesus willingly took on a debt that he did not owe for a price I could never pay. Jesus offered his blood as payment for my sin. My debt is paid in full. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. The very least I could do for you now 
is to live the remainder of my days in submission to your will. You brought me to the earth for such a time as this. So I humbly submit to your purpose. Jesus fulfilled his destiny and I am determined to fulfill mine. When I get to the end of my life, I want to be able to say, it is finished. In order to do so, I must live every day on purpose and with a purpose. I declare that I do. I will not die because I'm sick. I will not die because I'm old. I will only die when I'm done. I will keep living and keep performing your will, Father, until I'm able to say, it is finished. I declare this by faith. In Jesus' name, amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org. There's a big red subscribe button. Click on it. Put in your email address there. You'll get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. I pray that you head into this day and head into the rest of your life determined to say it is finished. Determined that you're going you're gonna to keep going until you're done. And that's it. You want to be able to say, like Paul said, listen, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. Hold on, Paul. Everybody's not saved yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I finished my course. Hold on, Paul. The gospel hasn't gone out throughout the whole world yet. He said, no, 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 no. But I finished my course. I've kept the faith. It is finished. I want to be able to say that like Paul said it. I want to be able to say that like Jesus said, said it. And I pray that you have that same mentality. Do me a favor. Please share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you. God loves you more. Tomorrow is Good Friday. So I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.